If you have your Bibles, come on and turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 7. I want to thank God for the angel of this house, Bishop Virgil Calvin Jones Sr. in his absence. First Lady Elder Mary Jones. I thank God for the youth choir, the youth directors, the musicians, the elders, the ministers, the deacons, sound man, cameraman, and everyone in their respective places. I want to thank God for my wife, Lestasha Jones, my children. Thank God for them. And I'll go ahead and fleece you for your help right now. Today's sermon will be a little different. And I definitely need your prayers to get this through. The last couple of weeks we've dealt with the Eurocla Dome storm. How we dealt with the snake bite that Paul went through in Acts 28. Last week we dealt with spiritual gladiators in that Ephesians chapter 6. We dealt with a lot of the things that happened to us on the outside. We dealt a lot with the outside enemy. But this morning, I want to deal with the enemy that is on the inside. Y'all forgive me if we don't jump. Forgive me if we don't shout. But I promise you what we talk about will be the truth. We have. Bow your heads with me very quickly. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory for yet another day that you have made. Pray that your word would have a free course to minister to the hearts and minds of your people. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And every heart and mind says, amen. Sometimes we can master emotionalism. I, like anybody else, I love to give God praise. I love to clap. I love to shout. I love to dance. But emotionalism without character change is just wasted energy. I don't want us to be so caught up on emotion, caught up on the charisma of a speaker. But when you walk out of here, there is no character change in your life. When Christ died on the hill of Golgotha and spilled his blood, the reason that the blood was spilled was to induce the character change. The reason he came is for your character. So if you all pray with me, I'm going to talk about us this morning. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. And then we'll read verse 21. I'm going to jump off this cliff this morning. I told the Lord when I was praying, I said, well, Lord, if you're giving it to me, I'm going to preach it. I'm going to jump. I don't know if they're going to jump with me, but I'm going I'm to preach it. Romans 7, 18, it says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, 
I find not. Verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. One last verse I want to read is verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? If I had a thought this morning, my thought would be the enemy in the inner me. The enemy in the inner me. A lot of times in ministries and in churches, we spend a lot of energy preaching about the devil. And rightfully so, because he is an enemy. But while the devil and demons, evil spirits are enemies to our faith, there is another enemy that has just as much power. A lot of times we can spend a lot of time focusing on the external enemy and never focus on the internal enemy. It was said that a famous general was explaining his strategy for capturing a strong city. And the general said that I have four bands of soldiers approaching the city. I have a band approaching from the north, the south, the east, and the west. He said, but I have a fifth band of soldiers. And he's asked, what is about this fifth band of soldiers? And the general stated that it is the fifth band of soldiers that are located on the inside of the city. He said that the fifth band was his greatest asset. The fifth band was his greatest ally because no matter how he would try to take the city from the outside, he needed something inside to open the gate. Y'all better pray for me right now. What are you saying, young Jones, that there is an enemy in our flesh? And sometimes it is the flesh of us that opens up the gate for the enemy to get in. Paul says here in this 18th verse, he says here, he says that I know that in me, that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Paul, when he speaks of flesh in verse 18, he's not, not talking about your skin color. Not talking about your natural flesh of the body, but he's talking about the sin nature that dwells in each of us. Bible says that when a man is born, David said it best in Psalms 51 and 5. He says, behold, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. We were born with a sin nature. Don't pray for me here. What is it about this sin nature and being born into sin? There is a difference between the sin nature and actually committing the act of sin. Sin nature simply implies that if you and I, when we are born, if we keep breathing because the nature of us, we're born with a sin nature that eventually we will sin. Take into consideration the lions that are born in Africa. When that cub lion is born, he's a pretty little cub. Some may even call him a kitten. But when that lion is born, he's born with the predator's nature. Now, he ain't going to kill nothing as a cub, but just as sure as he keep breathing, he going to kill something after a while. 
I don't care how pretty your baby is when your baby is born. I don't care how cute you were when you were born. If you kept breathing and you kept living, there were some things that you discovered about yourself that was nasty. You're the same pretty baby that was on the baby picture, but you just ain't as cute now. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. In here, we were born in sin, born with a sin nature. This is why Jesus tells Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he says, Nicodemus, that natural birth can't save you. He said, but a man must be born again. Your, your mama good. I, I ain't talking about your mama, but your mama's birth ain't good enough to get you in the kingdom of God. Mama's a bad girl, but the mama's birth, it will not save you. So he talks to Nicodemus, and he's telling Nicodemus that except the man be born again, born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What are you saying, young preacher, that when we are born naturally, we are born with the sin nature. But when I step up and I accept Christ as my Savior, I am born again, and then God gives me his nature of the law of sin which is in my members I got a battle going on my mind is telling me what I should do and my body is telling me what it wants to do and it creates a battle that sometimes you can't see it with the naked eye sometimes you can be in church and having a spiritual battle while the preacher is preaching while the choir is singing there's a struggle on the inside welcome to the struggle. Welcome to the war. This war is so powerful until it doesn't just happen to believers, but even unbelievers experience the war. It might be wrong, but I believe it might have been Percy Slayers that said, if loving you is wrong. I just don't want to be. I just don't want to be right. If, if, if smoking you is wrong, I just don't want to be right. If drinking you is wrong, I just, y'all ain't going to let me preach up in here. I don't want to be right. If Percy Sledge is a little old for you, I bring you up to my date and time because R. Kelly picked it up and said that my, yo, my mind is telling me, my mind is telling me no, but my, but my body, Lord, I, I don't know if R. Kelly was a preacher, but that's a sermon right there he said but my body is telling me yes and, and you realize that R. Kelly lost the battle in the first verse of his song because he comes out and say I don't see nothing wrong you know that R. Kelly lost the battle because he comes to the conclusion that there's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind y'all ain't gonna talk back to me and here, fabulous and little Mo picked it up and fabulous said, listen, I can't leave you alone. He said, I know I'm doing wrong, but I can't let you go. Some of y'all don't know fabulous, but some of you young people know who we are. But even artists of the world, they expose us to the spiritual battle. What do you see? In the book of Romans, Paul, he talks about having dominion over the enemy. What I found out is that we as believers, we don't mind walking in the spiritual authority when it pertains to us taking control over our home. We don't mind walking in spiritual authority as it pertains to walking on your job and stating in the spirit that today is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice 
and be glad in it. We don't have a problem walking in authority when it's talking about taking control and authority over sicknesses and diseases. But the problem comes when God tells you to take authority over you. Y'all, y'all pray for me here. What, 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 what happens when God tells you to tell your flesh to sit down and shut up? What happens when God tells you to tell your flesh, no, you can't have it. No, you can't do it. No, you can't say it. No, you can't text it. No, y'all ain't gonna talk back to me. What happens when God tells you, you got to tell yourself no. What do you mean, young preacher? Because self is a monster self, self 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 is not that little puppy german shepherd self is a full-grown german shepherd growling and the fence is open that's how your self is can i preach about self just for a minute when you deal with self self don't care nothing about you coming to church and getting a word from god self will visit you while you in church on your way home from church how bad is self you can be in church with your hands raised somebody can walk past you that you don't like and self will say look at that hussy what she y'all ain't gonna talk back to me in here self will tell you what in the world she doing praising god i know she ain't praising i know she ain't putting no money on the altar i'm talking about your dirty nasty self when you deal with self self is a master of hiding itself we have mastered how to hide self and to cover self we have mastered how to cover self with the way that we dress and the way that we walk and the way that we talk we have learned how to hide self with the way that we praise the way that we dance and the way that we shout but there comes a season in our life that you got to come face to face with the real you what do you see? Jones, when you deal with self, see, when you look at me, you can't tell how nasty my mind really is. When you look at me, you can't tell the images that run through my mind. When you look at me, you can't tell my lustful desires that I know that are not pleasing to God. When you look at me, you can't tell that I saw that sister with that short dress and there was a battle going on. You can't, y'all ain't gonna talk back to me in here. When I see you in church, you smiling and praising and you saw that fine man walk past you and I can't tell you what was on your mind because self, you can hide self in church. Somebody shout, self. Self. Self is a monster. Self. 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 Deal with excuses. They are spiritual crutches that allow me to stay in a state of defeat. The Bible talks about a few things. Understand that the enemy. <laughs> Jones, don't pray for me here. Because the devil knows how to give you Bible to make you feel good in sin. And you preaching right now, son. He tells Jesus in that Matthew chapter 4 around verse 6. He tells Jesus to do something that is contrary to the word. But he uses Bible to give him comfort just in case he want to do it. What are some spiritual crutch verses? Young Jones, do what y'all mind if I expose the spiritual crutch. You saying to yourself, every time you get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, if you keep saying, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, you're using the verse out of context. You preaching, Young Jones. Here's another one. Spiritual crutch. 
ye that's without sin, throw the first stone. You got to get rid of the spiritual crutch. Romans chapter 6, that when sin does abound, grace does much more abound. But God said, God forbid that we continue in the lifestyle of sin. What happens is, y'all, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to keep you long. Okay? What happens is that when I continue to make excuses for my flesh, when I continue to spoil my flesh, that eventually I run past Galatians 5 and 1. The Bible says, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We do know that in Galatians chapter 5 that Paul is talking about the law. But I want to use it in application as it pertains to the sin that's in our life. That if I'm not careful and I keep making excuses, what I'll find is I'll find myself entangled in the very thing that God has set me free from. The word entangled means to be brought back into bondage. The word entangled means to be brought back into slavery of. There are some things, there are some sins that God has broken over our life. But because we've been walking on spiritual crutches, we've allowed ourselves to become entangled again. And now we're slaves to the very thing that God has set us free from. I mean, Jones, when you say that you're a slave, it simply means that you are addicted. You ain't got to say it, I'm going to say it for you. Sometimes we are addicted to substances. We're addicted to material things. We, we, we are addicted to intimacies. We, we are addicted. There are some of us that are even addicted to our attitude. Why do you say that? Because you don't feel good unless you're going off on somebody. You don't feel good unless you give somebody a piece of your mind. And so I've been brought back into a place that where I'm entangled into something that God has set me free from. And so when Paul addresses this, he comes to verse number 24 and he says these very words. He says, oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul got to a place where he's saying, I can't even stand to look at myself in the mirror. You see the outside me, but I know the real me. You see what I showed you but I know what I do behind closed doors. I know the secret places and the secret closet and the secret things. And so Paul says in verse 24, he says that I am a wretched man. I ain't preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to somebody. Have you ever been to a place in your life where you felt wretched, where you felt nasty, where you felt dirty, where you felt like I just don't deserve the hand of God upon my life? Paul said, baby, I've been there and done that. I've been to a place in my life where I was coming to church and I was physically present but I was spiritually absent I've been to a place where I knew how to wave my hands and do the glory praise and the glory shout but my spirit wasn't right have you ever been in church and your spirit wasn't right you ever been in church and your mind wasn't right you ever been in church and still bound you ever came to church went back home worse than what you came I know y'all ain't gonna let me preach up in here I ain't talking about the church down the street I'm talking about in Philippian community church you've come up in here bound by something and walk back out steel bound and so Paul says it like this he said oh wretched man that I am he said who can deliver me from the body of this death and so Paul is saying who can deliver me from the old man who can deliver me from my nasty ways who can deliver me from my lustful thoughts who can deliver me from the spirit of anger who can forgive me and who can deliver me from the spirit of revenge but then Paul says it like this he says thanks be to God that 
through our Lord Jesus Christ uh, that with my mind I serve the law of God uh, but with my flesh the law of sin uh, what Paul is trying to tell us uh, it doesn't matter how much you come to church uh, you got to deal with your flesh uh, it don't matter how much you speak in tongues uh, you got to deal with your fleshly desires uh, you can run around this church 30 times uh, and when you finish running uh, you still got to deal with your flesh uh, is there anybody here uh, that's going to let me preach this thing uh, just the way that I feel uh, and so Paul gives us the victory uh, in verse number 8 uh, in chapter number 8 uh, in verse number 1 uh, he says that there is no condemnation uh, who those who will walk after Jesus uh, who don't walk after the flesh uh, but walk after the spirit uh, you say what you say young Jones uh, that if you want to get the victory uh, over your human nature uh, you got to learn how to follow the spirit uh, and not follow your flesh uh, you see when Paul say walk after the spirit uh, that is not a natural walk uh, that's not you walking over the bridge uh, to see how many calories you lost uh, but when Paul say walk after the spirit uh, what he's saying is you got to live after the spirit uh, he's saying that this walk is your lifestyle uh, what is the spirit young Jones uh, the spirit of God is the word of God uh, you see when I follow the word uh, I'm walking after the spirit uh, and when I walk after the spirit uh, I will not fulfill uh, the desires of my nasty flesh uh, I will not fulfill uh, the desires of my nasty mind uh, can I preach this thing y'all uh, just like I feel uh, because there's somebody here uh, you're not satisfied with being a Christian uh, but you want to be transformed uh, you see when you first get saved uh, you see you meet Jesus uh, that's called salvation uh, that means you have been translated uh, from the kingdom of the devil uh, to the kingdom of God uh, but translation is one thing uh, but transformation is another thing uh, see we got a church full of folk that's been translated uh, but they're not transformed uh, you see because when you transform uh, you got a character uh, that will match your testimony uh, you got a character uh, that'll match your praise uh, you ought to tell somebody uh, I just don't want to be translated uh, but I want to be transformed uh, you see that word transform uh, it means to be changed uh, it says in the Greek uh, the Greek word is metamorpho uh, that's where we get our word metamorphosis uh, you see when you enter into metamorphosis uh, you enter into a state of change uh, and in a metamorphosis process uh, it don't happen overnight uh, but after a while uh, you see the caterpillar uh, turn into a butterfly uh, so I stop back here to tell you uh, you might not see the change that you want uh, but if you keep on trusting God uh, if you keep on following the spirit uh, just like that caterpillar uh, God say I'm changing you uh, and to a beautiful butterfly uh, he said I'm changing you uh, from what you used to be uh, and I'm making you uh, and to what I want you to be uh, there's a verse in the Bible uh, that say Christ has to be formed in you uh, I wish I had somebody here uh, that I say Lord uh, it's not about the house now uh, it's not about the car now uh, it's not about the new job now uh, it's not about the check in the mail now uh, but Lord I need you uh, to transform me uh, I'm tired of the old me uh, I'm tired of my past sins uh, coming back to get me uh, but I need uh, somebody shout transformation uh, can I preach this thing uh, just like I feel uh, you see I don't need uh, but about five more minutes uh, and I'm gonna let y'all go home uh, somebody shout the battlefield uh, is my mind uh, I said the battlefield uh, it is my mind uh, you see when you lose the battle uh, on the outside 
inside. You've already lost the battle on the inside. So God say, if you want to get the victory, you got to have a mind change. I dare somebody to touch your own head and say, Lord, change my mind. Can I preach this thing, y'all? Just like I feel, huh? Because there has to be huh? a mind change. Huh? Your mind, huh? it has to be trained. Huh? Somebody shout, train your mind. Huh? Train your mind. Huh? I'm about to preach, y'all. Huh? I don't know if you're excited or not, huh? but if you're waiting on something else, huh? you gotta come on and get excited now. Because huh? I ain't got no more deep revelation. Huh? I'm just preaching now. Huh? But they tell me huh? that they take little children huh? and they send them to school. Huh? And they have to train the mind huh? and I'm stepping down here first because see I don't want you to feel out of place because the preacher got to battle his flesh now if you in here come on somebody I don't care nothing about your title I don't care about how long you've been in church but you know like I know you need God to destroy some yokes in your life Somebody shout anointing. Somebody shout anointing. Somebody shout anointing. Holy Ghost, let your anointing, let it rest on our souls. Let it rest on our mind. Rest. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We come to you now, Father. As we step to this altar, it's a sign that we need you. We need you. We've been battling our flesh. We've been battling our desires. We've been battling the things that we want to do that's not according to your will. We've been battling. But God, we come seeking your help now because you said that we can boldly come before the throne of grace to find mercy and help in the time of need. We come seeking you now. We come seeking that you would touch us yet again. You told us in the book of Isaiah, you said, come now, let us reason together. Though my sins be as scarlet, that you would wash me and make me white as snow. We stand before you like an empty pitcher before a running fountain. And God, we give you permission to doctor on our soul. We give you permission to search us all over. We give you permission to search out our heart and that thing that is not pleasing to you. Father, we ask you right now that you would take it away. Somebody shout, take it away. Somebody shout, take it away.